Good evening, everybody. This is Matt with Don't Unfriend Me. This is episode eight. Did we go back in time? Is that what we did? Hey, everybody. Donald Trump's the president. Life's good. The economy's awesome. Joe Biden won't possibly win. We've got nothing to worry about. This little cold that's going around COVID, it ain't anything. It'll be gone in a week. Anyway, can you believe it? Tom Brady, what a moron. Why didn't he just stay with the Patriots? It would have been so much better for him. By the way, guys, GameStock is going going out of business anytime now. Don't buy any stock from there. It's a horrible investment. Uh, Just make sure you go into uh, airlines and hotels and small businesses. That's what you want to go ahead and do. It's going to be a great tax season, folks. Life's just going to be awesome. We're going to be watching hockey soon. And ah, we can travel all over the world. We get to go to Disneyland. All the new movies coming out. So exciting. Anyway, episode eight. Now that you're depressed, this is episode 98. Where the hell that came from? Episode 98. Sorry. I took Sunday off and decided to go back in time like seven, eight months. And wasn't it so much easier back then? But anyway, what are we going to talk about tonight? Probably some of those things that we just discussed. One of them is the impeachment trial, the trial of the century or the farce of the century or the three ring circus or the monkey trial or the uh, pseudo trial or the I don't know dog and pony show we we can just keep going on and on because this thing's a joke and I'm gonna tell you why and it's not just because that the Senate can't impeach a private citizen which is absolutely true but there are specific things that in the constitution that forebode the Senate from doing what they're about to do. And everybody knows it's dead on arrival. Anyway, I called this a month ago. He wasn't going to be impeached in the sense of with a trial. He would be impeached because that's what the Democrats do every single day and twice on Sunday. But removing him was the big talk. And guess what, folks? They can't because he's already gone. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Listen, because there's some good information here. We're also going to talk about Rashid Tlaib. I've never said her name on my show because that's how much I dislike her. She reminds me of somebody I know personally, and she just makes me itch. I can't stand this woman. I mean, I almost go into William Shatter. Bones, I can't stand this woman. And she drives me crazy. Just, just, just listen, I'm not for spousal abuse. I, you don't touch a woman. But I just might, I'm willing to learn I, when it comes to her. I just don't like her. And it's not because she's smart, because she's not. And it's not because she's pretty, because she's not. And it's not because she's a great politician, because she's not. And it's not because she's even annoying. She's just fake. And I don't want to get into it. See, I I can't even do the opening dialogue or monologue or whatever the hell this is called because she drives me crazy. You just say the name or she totally, what? Who said that? It drives me crazy. I can't stand the woman. We're going to talk about her. This should be fun. This show's good. one hour and 47 minutes, folks. We're going to be here all night. Let's move. Let's get a stickers bar. We're going to talk about Rashid Tlaib. And that'll be fun. I mean, gosh, isn't it always? But first, I want to talk about this lady. Since we're going to talk about sob stories, this lady is so sad. And she works in a department store. And she's been working all night long. And all she wants to do is go home. And she works near a military base. And all the military guys are in there, you know, their khakis and and tan gear, and they're walking along the base, and she always feels so protected. But she walks outside, and she looks around for her keys and can't find them. And she looks in the car, and they're in the car seat, and all the doors are locked. She's so frustrated. And she just breaks down and starts to cry. 
and just can't handle it. Just waterworks. And this soldier, high and tight, you know, looking fit, walks by. Ma'am, 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 are you okay? And she's like, no, it's the worst day of my life. I don't have my car keys. He's like, well, ma'am, where are they? And she goes, they're in the seat. And he's like, we can take care of that. And he unbuckles his pants. And she's like, taking it back. And he pulls them off and he rolls them into a ball. And he just slightly rubs them on the door. And the door opens. And she's alarmed. And she grabs her keys and goes, how did you do that? Is it magic? And he goes, no, I just used my cockies. You know, now that I think about it, it might have been a good idea to say the guy was from Boston. It probably would have helped the joke, but you get it. Khakis, 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 color of the hat, khaki, whatever. You people are just too demanding. I try, and I I just, I don't need to hear it, okay? (sighs) My name's Matthew Spear. I'm the, uh, I don't know what the hell I am. I just do this show. I get you a bunch of ideas, and we talk about it. I offend you. We talk a little bit about everything, and all I ask is that you... Don't unfriend me afterwards. We talk about current events and politics, music, sports, everything else. I'm going to turn off my call signs here, and I'm going to give you a little pop-up that says, please subscribe, like, share, and follow, and all that other stuff. I would appreciate it. And if you don't, God will kill a puppy. Here's all my signs. You can get me here. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and all the major podcasts. And does it seem like I'm not enthralled tonight? I am. I'm actually really, really, really excited. In fact, I'm talking and, and spitting over my words, which happens. I stumble sometimes because I get going so fast. Um, and in this case, this is one of them. This is one of those times. <sighs> Day 97 of the hostage crisis, crisis. You know, I thought it was over. I thought the hostage crisis was absolutely over. And I was certain that it was. You know, things were going real smooth. And I saw some end in sight. And the ropes came off, and I had a nail file and cut the ropes, and then poosh, cinched back up tighter than a sphincter puckering in a, I don't know, a tense situation. I couldn't think of anything. I'm trying. I'm really hard. My, I'm just here. I need to get zen. I need to get with myself. Okay. Tightening harder than a sphincter clinic in a prostate clinic. Did I say, did I say the sphincter? Tightening harder than a sphincter in a prostate clinic. Do I have a rim shot? Where? No, I didn't deserve a rim shot. All right, let's get to this. If this is your first time with Don't Unfriend Me, it does kind of feel like episode eight because it's not going too well. But here's what I've learned. I don't cut my show. I leave everything in. I add some pictures and stuff, and I've been doing a lot of editing. But this is what makes my show unique and probably why I don't have a whole lot of followers. But, folks, at least it's not phony and fake. And that is what we're going to talk about tonight. And it's important to me. Now, listen, everybody is going after AOC. And there's, and including myself, there are some great memes. It's been wonderful link fodder for me. Like, like thousands of people are engaging with my memes, and I love it. And it's just awesome. I think it's great. 
So I'm going to keep it up. But I don't dislike AOC. I've got to give her credit. Like Bernie Sanders, she believes in what she believes. And she's fine to believe it. It doesn't matter that it won't work. It doesn't matter that it's somewhat crazy. At least she's doing something. And listen, she was a bartender. And she actually did something with her life. And you should be proud. More people need to run for office. Not more people like her. But more people need to run. And you know what? I believe that she's authentic. I really do. And I think if you hate her, you're just just listening to too much Fox News. She's not an evil person. She's got a little bit of a backbone and she's facing off on Nancy Pelosi. And she honestly is probably going to destroy the Democratic Party as we know it, which is good. But I don't hate her. But Tlaib and Ihan Omar and those, no, 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 I'm not a big fan. Because I believe they're evil. And there's a difference. I don't think AOC is evil. So I'm going to show you And yes, she said she was there. We also found out she was in Vietnam. She was on Apollo 13. She was a survivor on the Titanic. She got shot at on the runway with uh, Hillary Clinton. She was also there uh, with with, with Mussolini and Hitler in the bunker, and she escaped. I mean, all the memes are fantastic, and I love them. I actually saw one with her with Point Break, where her, Patrick Swayze, and Keanu Reeves were jumping out of the plane together in the movie Point Break. It's, It's class. It's classy, and they're not really that harmful, but Tlaib is. I'm going to show you a couple of videos, and it's important for me to show these to you because I want to show you the class of character you're dealing with before we get the waterworks and all the sympathy going. She gave a profound speech in front of her colleagues about how terrifying it was at the Capitol, and it was so bad that it couldn't have been worse. Unless I was actually there, then it would have been worse. But you weren't there. But somehow you want to get up and be a part of the gang who gets to cry and whine about the Capitol because it gives you sympathy votes so you can go and impeach Trump when it has nothing to do with how you really feel. In fact, I promise you, when you got done with your widow's speech, you went in the chambers and looked at AOC and go, fucking nailed it. And I promise you, you high-fived her and said just that because that's the type of language you use, which is fine because I cuss like a sailor. And that's obvious because I have to bleep myself half the time. But what I have a problem with is you're an elected official and you should be higher than that. You should be smarter than that. And you should have a lot more class than that and not make it personal, but make it about the people. And if you did that, you would be a hell of a lot better than where you're off right now. But your personal politics is what you're all about. And I'm going to show that to you tonight. Here's the first one. Pardon me. There is language. I will bleep it out because we're not really a family show, but I pretend we are. Here is Miss Rashid Tlaib, the sweetest mouth in 10 counties. People love you and you win. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won. Bullies don't win. And I said, baby, they don't because we're going to go in there. We're going to impeach the I don't mind the word where I come from. Mother's half a word too, but here's the problem. She's not tough. And she had nothing to do with the impeachment. In fact, she has no power whatsoever other than the threats and the people who are behind her and her little gang and crew, which is now made up of five are holding the Democrats hostage. And trust me, Nancy Pelosi would love to have Hillary Clinton back so they could suicide all five of them allegedly. But I will tell you, she's not tough. 
And the reason how I know, how I know she's not tough is because she placates, uses the race card. She cries when it suits her to get what she wants, and she throws temper tantrums and can't have a valid argument with anyone without backpedaling and then passive-aggressively not apologizing. As she called a man a racist who happened to have black, well, let me show it to you first, and I will tell you. It's hilarious. Here's the next one. As she marched out of breath 150 feet to the Senate floor, and it's hilarious, she is out of breath and exhausted, and I would challenge her to maybe set a better example for eating right and walking and, and exercising, because I'm not trying to make fat jokes. I just want to make sure she lives a long and prosperous life, and she's here when my children are here, so she can grace her presence and cast the shadow across America, which is the darkness of her light. Hey, everyone. I am on my way to the United States House floor to impeach... President Trump. On behalf of my incredible district, 13 districts strong. Let's do this. Lipstick is supposed to be subtle. It's not a condiment. Um I I don't I don't know what her problem is, but she hates President Trump. And I guess I understand why she hates Trump because he absolutely doesn't pander to her at all. She believes that because just because she has a skirt and just because she is a person of color and she will let you know every minute of the day that she has the right to walk over anyone, anytime, anywhere, anywhere, any place. And that sounds very prejudiced to me. Isn't it reverse racism when you say that I have a right to say whatever I want or sexism and you don't because the color of your skin or because what's dangling in between your legs? That is sexism. That is racism. And just because you're a person of color, oh, wait a second, you're protected and you can't go ahead and be racist or sexist because you're a woman. That is the absolute trope. That is the biggest load of shit I've ever heard in my life. I know plenty of racist people who are persons of color. I know plenty of racists who are white. And I know sexist on both sides. It's not mutually exclusive to one race. It's whoever's in power. And it's not exclusive to one sex. It's whoever's predominantly running the country. And that's what happens. White males have been running the country for since our founding fathers. And they absolutely have done things that are horrible to people of color. But there is a changing of the guard happening. And the power is no longer with the white male. In fact, businesses are changing. Politics are changing. Everything's changing. Even commercials about men and women are changing. Now men are the stupid ones. And once again, I've said it before, I'm okay with that. It's okay. We've had our reign. But the problem is if you complained about men all those years and now you have the power and you're doing the same exact thing, are you really better than us? Are you really better than what you thought of yourself? Or are we all just power-hungry assholes looking for the next fix? And that seems to be what it is. And I know it is with her. Because I'm going to show you one more video where she calls a man a racist with no proof and has no understanding. In fact, the speaker listens to this and absolutely is setting her up for a trap. And when she literally has everybody on the dais turn against her, she blames the person she accused versus saying she's sorry. And this is the moral of the morals of this character. Watch this. To make a note, Mr. Chairman, just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them does not mean they aren't racist. And it is insensitive that someone even say it's the fact that someone would actually use a prop, a black woman in this chamber, in this committee. Is alone racist in itself. 
Donald Trump is setting Mr. a precedent. Mr. Chairman, I ask I, that her words Donald be Trump taken down. Donald Trump is setting down. a precedent. I reclaim my time. Mr. Donald Trump Chairman, is setting a precedent. Mr. Chairman, the highest office can be a Mr. Chairman, the rules are clear. Cover up. Uh, I've said it and got in trouble for it. That you're one of my best friends. I know that shocks a lot of people. And, and likewise, Mr. Yeah, Chairman. But you are. And I would do, and I could see and feel your pain. I feel it. And so, and I don't think Ms. Salib intended to cause you that, that, that kind of pain and that kind of frustration. Did you have a statement, Ms. Salib? I'm going to yield to you. We no, can just straighten you, this Mr. up. Chairman, and, and to my colleague, Mr. Meadows, that was not my intention. And I do apologize if that's what it sounded like, but I said someone in general. Uh, and as everybody knows in this chamber, I'm pretty direct. So I, if I wanted to say that, I would have, but that's not what I said. And uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman, for allowing me to clarify. But again, I said someone. Yeah, that's what's known as, as a uh, passive aggressive um, apology. And anytime anyone says but after an apology, they're not sorry. See, the way you say you're sorry, I'm sorry is a complete sentence. I'm sorry, but is not. And everything you say that precluded that statement means that you're just apologizing what you just said away. You're not saying you're sorry. She isn't sorry. She didn't say anything wrong. She called a white man a racist. And Mr. Meadows happens to be one of the most affable and kind people on that stage. He's not a conspiracy theorist. He's a straight shooter. Uh, yes, he's a Republican and some may not like him. And yes, he doesn't believe in what you believe. But overall, he's a good human being. And Cummings and him were famously good friends. And also his grandkids and his nieces and a lot of his a lot of his uh, people in his family are people of color, which is interesting. He's a he's a racially diverse family. It's a mixed family. So this is the quality of character we're talking about. And the man was almost in tears. Now, I don't feel sympathy because no one should be crying over something so stupid because he knows who he is and who cares what she thinks. Honestly, she's a moron. She thinks that Jews should die. I mean, that's what she believes. She hates the Jewish people and believes the Palestinians should be free and they've done nothing wrong in the Middle East, which is absolutely asinine. And so have the Jews, mind you. But she pretends that she doesn't. But I'm going to show you a video that was the biggest pile of crap I've ever heard in my life. Now, just trust me on this. As I read people like an open book, it's a gift. I was trained by my military to do it, by the military to do it. I, I, I just can smell a lie like a fart in a car. And I want you to listen to the inflection of her voice. I want you to hear where she does break down. And it's not about anyone else. It's about her. And let's remember, she wasn't even there. Thank you so much to my colleague for her incredible courage. I asked her to go last because I get, um, because this is so personal. This is so hard because as many of my colleagues know, my closest colleagues know, on my very first day of orientation, I got my first death threat. It was a serious one. They took me aside. The FBI had to go to the gentleman's home. I didn't even get sworn in yet when someone wanted me dead. I had a great mentor of mine say, in a conversation, record yourself and then count how many times you say the word I. And then you're going to find out a lot about yourself. Is it always about you or is it about the person you're talking to? 
this woman uses the word I more than just about anyone I've ever heard in my life. And it's interesting because AOC comes over here and genuinely cares. You can see her. She's concerned on her face. This isn't an act. AOC is not fake in this way. She's a little bit, I guess, not the sharpest knife in the knife drawer, but she does care. And you can see the struggle within her. But Talib is faking this. And you can tell because there isn't one tear. Here you go for just existing. More came later, uglier, more violent. One celebrating and writing the New Zealand massacre and hoping that more would come. Another mentioning my dear son, Adam. (laughs) Who she uses in every political statement. My dear son, Adam, came up to me one day and he said to me, Mommy, I want to contemplate the recession and the overall moral deterioration of the United States of America and why a racist, xenophobic man would be in there who dignifies and signifies the oppression of women and all people who are minorities. The existential dilemma that we're having is absolutely keeping me up at night like heartburn or fluctuation in my tum-tum and in my esophagus. Mother, do you have the proverbial pill, the proverbial tums to make my tummy settle so I may sleep? You're so full of shit. Your son doesn't come to you and talk about this. Your son comes to you and goes, Mommy, I shit pants. Mom, I like my toy train. That's what he says. Or Mom, let's kill Jupe. Oh, I'm not going to say it. I can't say it. I got to bleep that one out. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That was wrong. That was wrong. That was wrong. I don't think her son wants to kill the Jewish people. But she does. This woman is nothing if not a wonderful actress and i just want to give her the the five star capital award i wish someone delivered her you notice how the camera's far back isn't it funny the rest of the people who testified it was close and it was in their face why is it so far back on her do you think they would want to see the tears well there aren't any that's the problem mentioning him by name each one paralyzed me each time so what happened on january 6th all i could do was did AOC get some work done? Um, I never noticed that before. I just, I was wondering her, uh, her eyes, they look uh, fuller and more, more pointed. Interesting. Interesting. But she, you know, what's funny is to leave, although she says I was paralyzed, but it, it didn't stop you from calling Donald Trump a motherfucker. And celebrating his impeachment and deterioration of the United States and our Constitution and our government, you seem pretty happy since you've got here. Where was the paralyzation? Your mouth has been going the whole time more than mine. Interesting. Thank Allah that I wasn't here. I felt overwhelming relief and I feel bad for Alexandria, so many of my colleagues. Why aren't they social distancing? I'm worried. I mean, the lady's lady's obviously having some problems. What if she gets COVID, too? Seriously. We're here. But as I saw it, I thought to myself, thank God, I am not there. I saw the images that they didn't get to see until later. Oh, yeah. Let's 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 get in this. Let's listen to this part. This is classic. I am not there. I saw the images that they didn't get to see until later. I'm not there, but the images that I saw were more disturbing than what they could possibly see because I saw people 
breaking stuff. It was horrible. It was horrible. Nothing was on TV. We saw a woman get shot. That was about all the violence. Everyone else was taking pictures and putting teabag in freaking uh, Nancy Pelosi's computer. What was so terrifying? So fake. My team and I decided at that point we'd keep the death threats away. We try to report them, document them, to keep them away from me because it just paralyzed me. And all I wanted to do was come here and serve the people that raised me. Serve some of the people. Come on. I'm for the people. No, you're not. There's the Kleenex. Grab one. You're going to need it. it. you got some waterworks going on there. Make sure to blow your nose. Take your mask off if you sneeze because you guys like to do that too. Well, that told my mother who only had eighth grade education that she deserves human dignity. People that believed in me. And so it's hard. It's hard when my seven brothers and six sisters beg me. Who are all... <laughs> People of color, you got to get that in. You got you to do that, right? Because that's it, the fact that you have 15 siblings is not enough. Uh-uh. No, no. No, they need to be people of color who have miscolored eyes, a complexion with freckles, and have a slight limp. If that doesn't happen, I don't feel for you. I don't care. 15 siblings. Your mother only has an eighth grade education. Well, she's doing pretty well. Her daughter's pretty successful. Why do you degrade your mom like that? Who cares? What does it have to do with it? She doesn't deserve dignity because she's an, only has an eighth grade education. I know a lot of people with an eighth grade education who are extremely smart, including eighth graders. To get protection, many urging me to get a gun for the oh. first time. I can't see. This is why I can't do the show. It's going to be 50 minutes. They urged me to get a gun. Like she would know what to do with a gun. But you know what? All of her bodyguards know what to do with a gun. Uh, because it's okay for her to have one. And those fences that she has protecting her, those aren't good enough for Americans. Those walls won't really work on uh, anyone else, but they work on us because we're the elite. Beg me to get protection. Many urging me to get a gun for the first time. And I have to tell you, the trauma from just being here existing as a Muslim is so hard, but imagine my team which I lovingly just adore. They are diverse. I have LGBTQ staff. I have a beautiful Muslim that wears her hijab proudly in the halls. I have... Who cares? That's not why they were there. They weren't. They didn't care because you had a diverse staff. They didn't care because you had lesbians. They care because you're a piece of crap. And you don't get anything done and you're like all politicians and you sit there and waste taxpayers' money and you're a horrible human being and you don't hold anyone accountable on both sides. And that's why they stormed the Capitol. I don't condone the Capitol. I don't condone what happened. But you know what? Enough's enough. You guys do more damage in the afternoon than they possibly could have with the laws that you pass and the grab ass you play with American lives. And the millions of dollars that you let go by every single minute of the day going to the debt without balancing our budget. Of course, 
It had nothing to do with it. You have a diverse staff, but you had to say that because this is all political. It's political theater for votes because that's what it's always about. I should have my entire, my team, my team out there of dummies. They know, they know the things and they are money, power and votes, right? Because that's all the politicians care about. And whenever you have a question, is a politician being honest or lying? The answer is always lying. And why? Because it's about money, power and votes. And that's all it is for her women that are so proud did aoc get some work done i'm really serious i mean wow we try to report them oh sorry i keep skipping let's get aoc back in there there she is sorry about that folks i have black women (laughs) that are so proud to be here to serve their country and i worry every day for their lives because of this rhetoric I never thought that they would feel unsafe here. What rhetoric? Somebody tell me. Some Somebody tell me. What's the rhetoric? What did anyone say about blacks, LBGTQ, transgender people, d- green people, women, people with hijabs? What did they say? Tell me what was said. What rhetoric? What are we talking about? Give me one quote. What is she talking about? There is no rhetoric. The only rhetoric is from her. She is absolutely stating a narrative that is false unequivocally why is she crying she wasn't there the absolute thought of me being involved here was just as detrimental as the thought of me actually being there and it's driving me thoughtfully insane (sighs) and so i asked my colleagues to please try not to dehumanize what's happening this is real and you know Try not to dehumanize things, you motherfuckers. Any of our residents from the shootings in Charlottesville to the massacre at the synagogue, all of it. What does that have to do with anything? All of it is led by hate rhetoric like this. And so I urge my colleagues to please, please take what happened on January 6th seriously. It will lead to more death and we can do better. We must do better. Thank you. Wow, all that time still didn't use a Kleenex. I'm just perplexed. Folks, listen, we're not even going to get to impeachment. I I can't. I'm not trying to be mean. And she very well may have PTS. (coughs) I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Hold on. (coughs) Me, 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 me. She, She may have PTS. And Ms. Tlaib, if you do, you can call the Veteran Crisis Hotline at one 800 Okay, it's not time for that. I have seen people go through school shootings. One of, not my friends, but someone who I knew in high school, who was very good friends with friends of mine, was shot six times by a twenty-two rifle on school grounds. We were living in Colorado during Columbine, the Aurora shooting we've seen some bad stuff and been around some bad stuff. And that's just some very small things. But at no time did I say that I understood what it was like to be in that situation because I wasn't in that situation. It's like the girl in high school who's in class. And since she was like in second grade, finds this one kid 
Bobby McInerney and calls him Bobby Slobby and Bobby Boogers and Bobby the Burrito. It makes fun of him and insults him and writes in lipstick on his back horrible words and kick me and gay and insults him and does all those things. And Bobby is just an awkward kid. And Bobby just gets picked on and it's totally a Jeremy situation in Pearl Jam. And he gets beat up and he gets put in lockers. Well, there's two types of Bobbies. There's the Bobby that comes back and shoots up the high school. And I don't, I don't care what that kid's been through. He's a moron and should be completely eliminated from this earth. And people who do that are horrible. I was picked on. I didn't shoot up my high school. I kicked the crap out of some people when I grew. But the point is, is that that's where some go. And that's the song Jeremy from Pearl Jam. There's another type where they take it and they're abused and they're beat up and they're put in lockers and they're treated like dirt. And that has nothing to do with this program, but what happens afterwards will help you understand Rashid Talib. Then there's the Bobby who is driving in a car with his mom and dad and they're going down highway 101 and some jerk off decides to go ahead and play curling with cars down the 101 freeway in the wrong lane after having 12 vodkas. And in this head-on collision, Bobby is immediately killed. And Bobby doesn't live anymore, and neither does his family. But his little sister manages to survive. She goes with the grandparents. And the next day in school, it's announced, and Bobby's seat is empty, and nobody really says anything. Except when the announcement comes over the PA that little Bobby died tragically, everybody in the class is kind of appalled. But including that one girl who was sitting behind him starts to cry uncontrollably. Why? Why? He was such an amazing boy. I cared so much. And you're just sitting there going, are you fracking kidding me? And you listen to the hypocrisy and you, everyone knows this person. We've all seen this person. Oh, Bobby. I love Bobby. Then they, have, then they have a candle with a little cup to collect the wax. So they don't burn their little hands and they're out there. And the news comes. And they're like, Bobby was my friend. I was going to take him to prom and they are fake and they don't feel anything. And they desanctify the memory of Bobby and the Bobby's true friends, whether it be the Chess and Checker Club or the Glee Club or whatever, are the friends who really are destroyed. And it just trivializes their pain. That is Rashid Tlaib. And that is the type of person she is. And that is a true story. And I got to see it firsthand. And it makes me absolutely incensed. I don't mind people who put on theater. I don't mind people who tell stories that are so grandiose that you couldn't possibly believe them. I don't even mind people who stretch the truth a little bit, but I can't stand fake and phony people. Your word, your honor, and your integrity are some of the most important things that I value. And that lady has none. So she can sit up there all day long and say what she wants. She can go up there and cry all the crocodile tears she wants. But in the end, if you're wearing glasses and they don't fog up when you're crying and you don't use a Kleenex and your mask isn't wet, you're not crying, you're faking. 
And that's the truth of the whole thing. And that's why the camera was 40 feet back and zoomed in while everyone else was up close. Folks, that's it for Rashid Tlaib. I've dedicated 35 minutes to her and I can't dedicate any more. I knew this would happen. Now I've got a choice. Do I go longer or do I call it quits and do impeachment tomorrow? I think we will do impeachment tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Leave AOC alone. She's trying to find her way. There's plenty to pick on with people like Omar and Talib and Swalwell and Schiff and Natter. Those are the people who are truly evil. Those are the people who need ousted. And there are plenty on the Republican side as well. But if we're going to sit here and pretend like we were there when we weren't and make a mockery of the situation, at least find somebody who can cry on demand and is a better actor. And from what I've heard, the Democrats have a lot of those and could have recruited somebody better. That's it for my show tonight, folks. Thank you for letting me go on one topic, and thank you for forgiving me for cussing a little bit more than usual. I think it might be coming into the show permanently since I have a bloop button. Veteran Crisis Hotline, not for Rashid Tlaib, but yes, Rashid, if you're still suffering, Veteran Crisis Hotline will call to you. But mainly, this is for people who are truly suffering from PTS or any type of depression, anxiety, or anything else. It's not just for veterans, it is for civilians as well. And it's 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1. We lose 22 veterans a day, and it's way too many. If you can't talk to a veteran, you can reach out to me, and I will help you make that phone call. And if you can't do that, you can go to my website at www.don'tunfriendme.com. Click on the VCL link, and you'll be connected live to an operator. Folks, thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate you. We are very close to 6,000 followers, which is amazing. I thank you for all your contributions. Keep leaving comments. I love them. Keep telling me how you feel. I don't mind if you challenge me. Somebody came to me and said, hey, you defriended me and you blocked me for the site. No, I didn't. I don't do that. The only way I do that is that if you tattoo and go off on one of my listeners, I don't care what you say about me, but if you attack one of my listeners, I'm, I'm going to probably get you kicked out. I don't appreciate that. Leave each other alone, right? Everyone gets an opinion on this show unless you're a racist idiot. And if you're a racist idiot, well, there's a place for you. And that's pretty much it. Folks, good night. I will see you manana for episode 99. Good night.